On this week's episode of the XI Network Podcast, Toronto FC are playoff bound after a whirlwind decision day. We discuss, is Carlos Vela the greatest player ever in MLS history? And discuss Toronto FC's biggest challenges going forward. All that and more coming up on the XI Network Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the XI Network Podcast. I am your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is Peter Robinson. Support local football. Specifically Toronto FC because they are about to go on a playoff run that I think a couple of weeks ago a few of us had uh, some doubts about. And by a few of us, you mean me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'll admit I was wrong. Okay, I was wrong. They made the playoffs. They have a home playoff date. So, uh, you know, can't be too mad about that. They do. Yeah, it's it's been sort of a wild last couple of weeks and uh, it's been a lot of fun to follow. But we're going to get into that. But before we do, uh, you have some exciting news. What's what's happening with you next week, buddy? Uh, I will be in the UK. Um, so going to the UK for about eight days. Uh, I'm going to catch a few games while I'm there. So I'm going to Spurs Watford at the new Spurs Stadium. That's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, billion dollar stadium. Going to go see the cheese room. You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to be at Loftus Road on Tuesday for uh, Reading QPR. Um, that's going to so be that's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. And if anyone's at Thorpe Park on Friday, I'll be there for their edition of Halloween Haunt or whatever the UK calls it now. That's awesome. I'm very jealous of your trip. Uh, how funny would it be? <laughs> I mean, for you, it'd be probably traumatizing, but with the terrible run that Watford are on, if they somehow beat Spurs at home while you're there. Oh, I've already (laughs) talked about this uh, with a few people saying that if I fly all the way to England and Spurs lose to Watford, I I might set fire to the stadium um, because, you know, stadium's on fire. Uh, so everybody watch that game. Uh, if the new White Hart Lane goes up in flames, we all know it's Peter Robinson's fault. So make sure you guys call the Bobbies or the cops or whatever they're called over there and uh, get that mug out to all the news outlets. I mean, they're not going to be able to find me. I'm going to like jack the ripper out of that shit. They're, they're <laughs> never going to find out who I am. Well, I mean, especially if you're going to Roftus. Lo- Roftus, wow. Can you tell us <laughs> about the late Roftus recording? Road. <laughs> uh, if you're going to Loftus Road after, because let's be honest, nobody goes to Loftus Road. So I don't think they'll find you there. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Um, but yeah, Are you I'm a also Reading coaching. fan? You're, you're a Reading fan, is that correct? Yeah, so a lot of my family is from uh, the Reading area. So um, just Basingstoke, just outside of Reading. So um, yeah, a Reading fan by familial ties. Um, but that's I'll awesome. also be coaching while I'm there. Oh, coaching so that's who? gonna be fun. Yeah, a little. I think they're like U8s or something like that. U9s, something like that. How, how did you get that gig? Uh, so actually, my cousin is a coach um, out there. He's a manager, so he's uh, he's invited me to come along um, to see uh, to see their training and be involved in their training and stuff. So bringing my boots, gonna do a little kick around. That's awesome, man. So yeah. you're going to have a blast. When do you come back again? Uh, I come back on the uh, 23rd. 23rd? 23rd. Yeah. I believe, if my math is correct, if Toronto FC makes it onto the next round, that's the same night that they play uh, New York FC. 
Yeah, so um, I think I fly in at like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. So, um, you know, I can just jump on the uh, the Up Express and get downtown uh, for the match. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Of course, I'm going to be in the UK for TFC's first round against uh, DC. They're playing that at home at 6 p.m. on the 19th. Um, initially, Thank it was you. 12 o'clock. Thank you, Bill Manning, for getting that change because I remember when I saw the the fixture list come out, I was I was quite annoyed at the uh, the time slot they put Toronto, and I thought that was that was highly, uh, well, to put it nicely, bullshit. Uh, yeah, I I mean I agree because let's let's be completely honest, it's kind of a bullshit time slot. Like, I first off, I don't understand why they have noon games for a playoff um i know in a in a city like toronto regardless it's going to be hard to get people to the game because a the leafs play that night as well at Scotiabank arena at seven o'clock seven thirty, um and this match is at 6 p.m so regardless it was going to be hard to get down there it was going to be hard to get people to go to the game as opposed to the leafs um but i, I do think they'll have a pretty good turnout and uh yeah it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. Get to see uh, Mr. Rooney before he goes and joins Derby County. Now the the real question is: Do I go down early and try to meet my hero again, or do I give up on the dream altogether of trying to meet Wayne Rooney? Because I don't know if I can handle that kind of heartbreak again. Man, go down um, and I'm, try I'm, to meet him, and then if he doesn't stop, you can be like, "Fuck you! You're gonna lose anyways, you piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> I support Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vardy's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Just to mess with him. That would be great. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he'd sign anything for me after that. Yeah, but uh, like- I might. I'm think. I'm thinking about going down early to try to meet my hero. It's my yeah. last chance before he takes off to Derby. So uh, yeah, be like, uh, you know, Wayne. It wasn't Rebecca. It was me. Yeah, <laughs> it was ellipses. Me, yeah, <laughs> Justin Boro. <laughs> uh, so but know. let's let's uh, let's start talking about Toronto FC, buddy. Because I mean, what a whirlwind! I mean, first and foremost, decision day itself was a whirlwind. But uh, the last couple of weeks have just been insane. Uh, even after we failed to capitalize against Chicago uh, and you know really sort of secure that that fourth place spot for us uh, going into decision day. Um, you know, it, it kind of seemed like you had DC United playing Cincinnati, you know, at Audi Field, um, which at the time seemed like a wash for DC. It seemed like they were guaranteed to win there. Um, and then you had, you know, the Red Bulls playing Montreal, who have been on a bit of a bad run of form. Uh, and so there it kind of seemed like you were looking at if DC didn't, you know, pull it a win, then Red Bulls would. And if Red Bulls didn't pull it a win, then at least DC would. So it kind of looked like Toronto FC was not going to be in a position to get a, a home playoff match. It kind of felt like we had sealed our fate with that draw in Chicago. But then somehow... And I mean, let's be honest, this is why we love sport, because this is just, this is how exciting, um, you know, sport can be, because nothing is for certain. Uh, So somehow the Montreal Impact beat the Red Bulls 3-0, and then DC United managed to draw a nine-man FC Cincinnati, uh, who have just been absolutely dreadful this year. Uh, And, you know, after two red cards, um, you know, DC still couldn't pull out a win. Uh, in in seven or eight minutes of added time that was thrown onto the end of it. Uh, And then Toronto FC, of course, you know, beat Columbus 1-0 on a a gorgeous Pozzuolo free kick. Uh, And the rest is history. I mean, somehow, some way, after the 
decision day, Toronto FC finishes in fourth place in the Eastern Conference uh, with a home playoff match. I mean, what are you? What what were you thinking when you were kind of watching it all unfold? Like how 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 were you feeling at that time? Um, you know, as someone who is very negative about TFC going into the end of the season, I was happy. I was happy that they won. I was happy that they beat Columbus because you know the fucking piss yellow submarine jerseys. Um, they're horrible. I hate Columbus. Just so you know, I think I there's only two clubs that I hate more than Arsenal, and that's Columbus and uh, the Impact. Um, so let's just uh, laugh at them. But I mean, I was super negative about TFC because I thought that Vanny, you know, wasn't going to be able to get the troops together and kind of you know bring it all together and get that fourth place spot and that home playoff date. Um, but he's done it. I mean, they're undefeated in ten games, uh, so. There's only hope right now. There's hope that we can beat DC. There's hope that we can beat NYCFC after that. I mean, um, so really the the ceiling just gets higher and higher for these players. Um, Josie is out of the U.S. national team uh, squad for that match against Canada on the 15th. Yes. Um, So that kind of helps because there's no threat of him getting injured in that match um so i mean it's kind of looking good for tfc they're they're getting people back at the right time and the team's healthy at the right time um so let's just see i mean if Pozuelo can get another free kick goal in the playoffs it, it definitely helps um but realistically we need josie firing on all cylinders he's kind of been a little bit invisible i guess you could say for the past month um, so it's very important that you get uh, uh, firing Josie Altador because, I mean, other than that, you don't really have options. You bring Patrick Mullins in, he's not really going to do much. Um, Although he did to- he did have that gorgeous shot uh, against Columbus there with that, that beautiful curve on his off foot. Uh, it looked like it was going to just kind of sneak into the left corner or the right corner there. But uh, other than that, I, I do agree with you that Mullins, you know, doesn't have too much to offer. But um, let's be honest. Uh if right now, like you said, Josie Altador has kind of been in a bit of a, a bad run of form, sort of invisible out there. But if if we can get a playoff Michael Bradley and a playoff Josie Altador, uh, and we can get Pasuelo, you know, running on on in full form, uh, I think our team has a. I think Toronto FC has a great chance of progressing deep into these playoffs. I mean, because if you recall from the 2017 and even the 2016, um, you know, MLS Cup run seasons, and then the 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 winning season the following year. Uh, the the main sort of reason for those there was three main keys to those and it was Stephen Betashower, uh, it was Michael Bradley and it was Josie Altador uh, and a specifically 2017 Michael Bradley and Josie Altador stepped up huge to sort of carry our team forward uh, and so I really think that you know if we can get those two guys running on full cylinders uh, it's 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 a wide open wide open playoffs and I think that Toronto FC is not only sort of just in it but I think that they te- te- technically could have an upper hand uh, against DC and New York I think it's going to be really important that you get stellar play out of your designated players for these games because without them um, you know realistically TFC isn't that that deep when it comes to attacking options I mean I'd obviously like to see more of Erickson Gallardo. Um, I think that Benazé has been really good since he came in. You know, he's kind of a creative, uh, you know, he's a good creative player that I think TFC was needing um, to sort of alleviate a little bit of the creative options on or the creative onus on Putzuelo. 
Um, so Benadze has been a good signing. Gallardo is just that extra little bit of energy, little bit of speed on the wing that I think we need to see more of. Um, I know he was injured to start the season well, to, when he came in. Um, so I think we, we definitely need to see a little bit more out of Erickson Gallardo and a little bit more playing time. So um, I look to see, or I want to see him attacking the, the fullback. So I hope that he gets to start on Saturday. Um, I also hope that, uh, you know, that Benazay gets to start with Putzuelo. I think that having them two playing behind Josie would be a good idea. Um, with Subasa on one wing, Gallardo on the other wing, um, and then Bradley sitting right in the middle. Yeah. Um, kind of as a, like a, like a triangle type attack. Yeah. Um, or even as like a three, two, one, um, type formation up front. So, We'll see what Greg decides to do, but I think he needs to go at this and attack. Attack, 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 attack. Because... Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, looking at the... I think you have to uh, attack this team. I think if they sit back, uh, DC United will burn them. Um, I mean, the only good thing that... You know, one of the good things that Toronto has going forward is that... uh, they play generally very well against DC United. Um, I mean, it's, you know, the overall meetings between the teams have been pretty close. Uh, you know, Toronto FC has won six out of the six meetings. Uh, DC's won eight. Um, and so, I mean, you know, we, we drew them earlier this year. Uh, and so I feel like, you know, we, we do have a history of, of playing well against uh, this team. And so I think that, you know, there we do have a, a good chance, especially being at home, um, to, to kind of take this game. Uh, but like you said, they, they definitely have to attack going forward um, and they have to defend well. And that's what they did really well against Columbus. So in the in the 1-0 win against Columbus, uh, Toronto FC defended cohesively. They defended as a team, as a unit. Uh, everybody got back behind the ball to, you know, to, to defend corners and, and, and set pieces. Uh, and Columbus really just didn't have much going forward. Uh, Westberg played a really great game, um, stood in his head, you know, looked looked healthy, looked um you know, look ready to go, uh, and so I feel like if if you get a if you can get a good run of form out of him as well going into the playoffs, uh, this team really has a chance of of going deep, um, and so you know they they're unbeaten in the last ten league matches, um, the majority of those being draws, but you know they they do have some wins in there as well. Uh, my question to you is, let's you know not trying to be overly optimistic here, but you know is this Toronto FC team capable of making it to the MLS Cup final? Um. It's hard for me to say yes, um, because I think the team in 2017 was just so good that, and even 2016 um, was so good that we expected them to be there. Um, so when I look at this squad and then I look at their path to get to the final, it's it's doable. There's there's definitely uh, there's definitely a chance that they can make it through, but. Like we said, it, it really depends on those designated players stepping up and actually doing what they're paid to do. Um, I think we've kind of seen a little bit of a down season for Michael Bradley in a contract year, which kind of sucks. Um, and and Josie, again, kind of a down season um, after getting an extension. Uh, so there are two players in two different situations. Um, Putzuelo, obviously, is new this year, so it's it's been kind of a... We had a little bit of Putzwello honeymoon at the start, the honeymoon phase, and then he kind of faded away. I'm hoping that he can kind of, you know, fade back into it. But um, I think it's realistic to think that TFC can make the conference finals mm-hmm. uh, based on who who they have to play and their record against them this year. Um, I do think that they have to attack 
DC, like you were saying. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be a lot of wait and see, realistically. Uh, it's, it's really hard this year to say that, to be 100% confident that TFC is going to just march through to the finals. Now, I, I do agree with you, uh, but I do want to kind of counterpoint you here in a first second because you you said that, you know, in 2016, 2017, you know, those are that, that was a Toronto FC team that we that was so good that you just expected them to make it to the final. And, and I agree with you in that sense. But I want to look at the other side of the bracket where you had Seattle, who, you know, in 2016, uh, you know, come mid-season, we're almost at the bottom of the, the conference and somehow climbed their way up and, you know, just making the playoffs and then just sort of made a run through the playoffs to the final. Uh, and then 2017 was sort of a similar thing where they, they started off terribly, um, did not have a great run of form, towards the end of the season, turned it around, you know, had a great uh, a great unbeaten run and then made the playoffs and bing, bang, boom, we're back in the finals against Toronto FC and the rest is history. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, if you're looking at it from that perspective um, and from all the things that we've already discussed, that I, I think that even though it, it wasn't expected, we weren't expecting it this year because of the way Toronto FC was playing, based on what we've seen over the last 10 matches and even over the last, I would say, few weeks of the season, you know, yeah, we still have a lot of holes, but I, I think that this team, if it's running on full cylinders, is fully capable of making it to the MLS Cup final. Uh, I agree. You know, obviously, like you stated, you know, Seattle was kind of that team that, they knew like i guess everyone in the the league knew that they had pedigree they knew they had that they had a good squad they just ran into a little bit of uh, bad form midway through the season and then obviously turned it on um and then penalties came to to uh eat toronto fc as they usually do in championships so let's uh let's hope that we don't have penalties against any of these squads that we're playing um this year in the playoffs but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have to agree with you that it's a possibility you know what they always say is uh, well, what we always say is the ball's round. Um, the ball is round. <laughs> also, get into the playoffs. Once you get into the playoffs, it's the new season. Anything can happen. You know? And with the new format, I feel like it's it's so much different because you no longer, and we talked about this last week a little bit, you no longer have the two legs, yep. you know? And so it's not like, you know, you can pull out a, a, a squeaky result in one leg and then you're going, you have to go play that team again and, you know, there's a good chance you might get blown out. If you can, you know, play really well that one match, it's, it's a one-off, you know? And they say that about, you know, football in general, that when you have those one-off matches, you know, anything can happen. Um I mean, you know, Colchester can can beat Spurs uh, in a yeah. one-off match. <laughs> I, I'm I just, to but I'm trying up. to make the point. I had to bring it up. I had to. Uh, I just got to rub it in a little bit, you know, salt in the wounds. Um, but I, I feel like, uh, especially with this new format, which I'm really a big fan of. Um, I mean, ask me in a few weeks if I'm still a big fan of it. But uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of this idea of playing the one-off match. Um, I feel like it, it makes home field advantage so much more important. And the fact that Toronto FC now got that home field advantage, I know I think puts us in the, the driving seat against DC. Um, and so I'm really, I, I feel like, you know, if, if the team is running, um, you know, full blast and is, is good to go. I, I think that this Toronto FC side could or, and can beat any team in this league. Um, you know, and I, I feel like the game against LAFC in LA was a really, um, strong indicator of that because that's a team that looks unbeatable has played 
um, you know, like they're unbeatable, uh, has demonstrated their superiority over this league, and Toronto FC took it to them at home, uh, and you know, and showed no fear. And I mean, minus you know the the the, the fluff up from Mavinga at the end, you know, that was Toronto FC's game, and they were not going to lose it. Um, and so I I feel like that game is a really great indicator that this team, when it's when it's gelling and and running, you know, full force, can beat any team in this league. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you with the LAFC game obviously that did show that tfc is capable um of playing and competing with uh you know one of the best teams in mls history now that you have with uh, carlos vela playing the way that he is and obviously with their point total and their goals forward and goals against they've just been destroying teams so for tfc to go in and have a good defensive game like you said other than the one little mess up by mavinga um you know it's 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 a good barometer as to how good this team is um but it really depends like like you said it's a brand new season um and there's a chance that if the ball bounces the right way you know tfc can run away like uh it can run away with the eastern conference kind of like uh like thieves you know what i mean absolutely and and just quickly speaking about carlos vela did you see how he smashed the the goal record in the MLS. Did you see how like like the specific goal that broke the record? Oh yeah, yeah. He's, the bicycle kick in the box, like unreal. He is. Like I know people were saying, Javinko was probably one of the best players to come to MLS. No, I think Carlos Vela has already destroyed Javinko's legacy in the MLS. Um, I think the only thing that he needs to do now is win an MLS Cup. Um, if they can do that, man he he's going to be he i mean he's already let's say enshrined as one of the best mls players him and ibrahimovic at the same time unreal with an la rivalry unreal i can't even believe that's happening right now um but vela has just shown that you can be a player that isn't necessarily coming from you know uh coming from england or coming from Germany or something like that uh, and be a superstar in this league like he, he's he's a Mexican superstar first off so that works really well in in LA uh, where they do have kind of a, a high Mexican Latino um, population um, so it, it makes him very popular there so I think it was great business by LAFC bringing in a guy like him uh, to uh, spearhead your attack and He's just been paying off in uh, in spades. So, I mean, uh, as much as I want to say that that Javinko was one of the best players that MLS has ever gotten, um, I think Vela is the best player that MLS has got ever gotten um, performance wise. I think name wise, it has to be David Beckham, uh, the first first real designated player, and then I think to a lesser extent Ibrahimovic. I, I think Ibrahimovic and, and Carlos Vela at the same time has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I One of the things, and not to go on like an off-tangent here, but one of the things about Ibrahimovic that I love is is that he's so cocky. And oh, yeah. some people really, people hate the arrogance from him that he that he breeds. But the, the nice thing about it is that he breeds arrogance uh, and backs it up. Oh yeah, uh, and that's that's the greatest thing about him is that you know he'll he'll say something and then he'll go out and score a hat trick. And so as much as like you know people are saying, oh you know he's uh, 
you know, he's he's so arrogant. He's he's you know just talking bullshit. But then he goes on, he backs it up. And so, like you said, I think having I think having him and um, and Ibrahimovic or him and Carlos Vela playing at the same time in LA, you know, as fans, it's just been a lot of fun to watch. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Giovinco. I, I think that he was by far the best player to ever play for TFC, uh, and I, I do hope that one day Toronto FC honors him in, in a way that he deserves uh, for that, because I do think that he was a, a crucial part of our team, and and like I said, the the best player we've ever had in history. Uh, but I, I, I think that when it comes to Carlos Vela, there's definitely a... Uh, I think he's head and shoulders better than Giovinco, and that's just my opinion. Um, and and I, I just think that we are lucky enough to sort of be witnessing this and, and experiencing it for ourselves. And my only thing is I wish that LA played in the Eastern Conference so that we could see him more often. That's my my only gripe. Yeah, and I think it's, it's difficult for, obviously, for people in Canada trying to watch LAFC. Um, I think I've probably only seen... A handful of LAFC games this season, uh, you know, a when they played TFC, and then um, you know others just through either streaming or maybe catching one on TV. Uh, but you know, soccer, soccer broadcasting in Canada is, is the hot button issue right now um, for a lot of people, um, and I think you have to be able to witness the greatness of the both LA teams right now, or at least Ibrahimovic and Carlos Vela. And I think uh, broadcasters are kind of doing a disservice by not really showing them that often. But then again, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we can't even get the Premier League on TV anymore. So, and I mean, that's yeah, it's arguably becoming the a league in the world. streaming monopoly, right? So yeah, and I understand uh, it. it. I understand that, like on DAZN, we can watch some MLS games. Um, I get it. I get that it's a it's a bidding process. Um, it's just disappointing that both broadcasters, both major broadcasters in Canada didn't think it was worth their time um, or their Yeah, money. I mean, I, I feel like with the monopoly of the NHL here in North America, just, yeah, just for them didn't make sense. Um, I mean, I, I'm it disappointed me, uh, but I also think that nobody was going to outbid DAZN at that point. I think that DAZN knew what they wanted. They, they were going for it, and they kind of just went for the jugular, and I think it was like, what, a billion-dollar deal or something? It was, it was like astronomical. Uh, the numbers and so it as disappointing as it is I mean you know money talks and that's the situation um but let's just go back to TFC now um you know let's go get back on the the path here uh what would you say is Toronto FC's biggest biggest challenges going forward for this playoffs uh would you say it's defensively is it attacking uh is it is it coaching what what is their biggest challenge um I think it has to begin and end with the attack uh like we were talking about earlier, if it doesn't go through Josie Altidore, who does it go through? Um, you know, is Subasa going to have a, a great game and, and keep his goal scoring record or his goal scoring form going? Or um, are we going to see uh, a random goal for Michael Bradley? Are we going to see like a Justin Morrow hat trick again? Like what's going to happen, right? So it's very it's very up in the air but i think it begins and ends with attacking because at the end of the day man like you need to score more goals than the other team like regardless of the amount that you let in you have to score more than the other team and if tfc is not capable of doing that they're gonna see themselves you know fizzle out of this playoffs pretty quickly Uh, they can't go to penalties against these teams and hope that hope that they're gonna win because 
man, penalties have bitten us a bunch of times already. We talked. We had an entire episode on that last week. Um, I, I'm going to actually disagree with you there. Uh, I'm actually going to say that um, I think that Toronto FC's biggest challenge going forward is not the attack. Uh, I think it's it's our ability to see out results. Um, because it, there's been so many times this season and even last season where you know Toronto FC would would get the go ahead goal, um, would you know be able to produce enough attacking prowess to, to go ahead in a match, but then are just unable to to hold the fort defensively uh, and see the result out. And uh, you know I think that a big issue that we have, and we saw it in Chicago, uh, we saw it in LA, is just um, you know unnecessary mistakes that our players are making. Um, you know, defensively that are burning us. And I think that for us, the biggest challenge going forward, especially with the playoffs, is that we need to be, and because the fact that our attack, you know, is not, um, you know, it's it's not the, the hottest thing out there right now, that when you do get that one goal lead, you need to hold on to it. Um, like we did against Columbus, you know, you, you can't afford to be, to be giving up a 94th minute penalty, um, you know, and having the game go to a draw and then, uh, you know, go into extra time and possibly penalties. Like once you have that goal, you need to, to hold on to it and, and, you know, work as a unit to ensure that you don't give it up. Uh, and so for me, that's Toronto FC's biggest challenge is that they, they need to be able to see out results better. Uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, kind of agree with you on that. I also think that they have to stay out of the book. Silly yellow cards, yes. silly red cards. Obviously, that's going to hurt them uh, as they get through the later rounds. Um, so let's uh, let's stay out of the book and uh, you know let's not go to penalties. Yes, the penalties. I just the thought of it is giving me nightmares. Uh, I'm praying to whatever soccer gods are out there that they're uh, it's not even going to be a possibility and you know that Toronto FC is going to win comfortably on the 19th. Uh, so the last thing I want to ask you about is something that we've talked about before. Uh, we said we were going to revisit it, you know, when we got to this point or here, uh, what is your final Vanny verdict now that we have reached the playoffs, uh, regular season verdict, I should say, we got some the playoffs to go through, but, uh, have you changed your mind about Vanny? Are you still Vanny out? Uh, what's your final verdict on him? Um, I'm realistically, I'm still Vanny out. Um, I don't think that he's done enough this year to keep his job like consistently. Um, you know, going unbeaten in the last 10 games, it looks great on paper. But at the end of the day, like, we should have been in the playoffs comfortably. Yeah, I think it's very important that we we remember that a lot of the turnover on the the team um, didn't happen. You know, the center backs stayed together. For the most part, the wing backs were relatively the same. Um, and, I mean, our, our midfield has been the same. Josie's been there. And you bring in Pozzuolo and... There, there should have been, I think, a little bit more cohesiveness in the team, but there wasn't. Um, and I think that comes down to A, culture, and B, management. Um, whether it be from above Vanny or below Vanny or it Vanny himself, I don't think he's done enough to realistically keep his job. I think that this is his swan song for these playoffs. If he can ride off into the sunset with a victory, cool. But, um, I mean, if he can't, I think it's, it's time to say bye to Greg. See, I'm I struggle with that because as much as you know, I've definitely pondered on the the Vanny out train, uh, and he's definitely made some questionable decisions over the last two seasons that have kind of you know made me waver in my confidence. I just have a hard time seeing you know if Toronto FC makes it deep in these playoffs or even makes the MLS Cup finals, um, wins or loses. I just have a hard time seeing you know 
um, Ali Curtis uh, or Bill Manning, you know, showing him the door. I think that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that would be okay with it, but I think that you'd have a really big backlash from, from part of the fan base who would say, look, we made it, you know, to the MLS cup final in 2016, 2017, you know, and then if we make it deep this year and 2019, you know, we had what a season and a half of, of bad results. Um, how do you, you know, how do you just get rid of this guy? And, and as much as I, I agree with you that he's made some questionable decisions, I just don't know how, um, it would, how it would look, you know, uh, aesthetically, uh, if the team were to do that, I think it would be a huge, I think it would be a huge talking point. Uh, and I, I think that it would, it would definitely cause a lot of, um, a backlash in the fan base. Um, I think, you know, if they got rid of Vanny after making a deep run, you might have a little bit of fan backlash because they would question, you know, he's won us two championships or say he's he's gotten us to three finals. Like, why are you getting rid of this manager? Um, but I don't know. I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, like the Canadian championship, they lost through penalties. If they lose in penalties in these playoffs, I, I don't like to... to um, you know, speculate about things like that. But if they lose in penalties in these playoffs, there has to be significant questions as to the management, um, who he picks to take penalties, you know, the the uh, the order in which the penalties are taken, what they're practicing. Um, it starts to become a cultural issue because if TFC is consistently losing in penalties and they're known for losing in penalties, that's going to be a big issue. Um, I think if he can go through and win another championship, I think he might get, you know, uh, he might get another season or at least another uh, test. But if they start next season the way that they started, I mean, like the the middle of this season where they were looking, they weren't looking very good and they were outside of the playoffs, um, I think we would see him out. But um, I think it really depends on how they do in the playoffs. If they crash out to DC in the first round, I think he's gone. Um, I think if uh, if they can make another final, he might stay. Um, if they win, he'll stay. Uh, but if they make another final and lose in penalties, I think he's gone. Now, you've this is not the first time you've mentioned um, you know the penalty selection that Toronto FC has, and I, I kind of been mulling this over the last couple of weeks because I agree with you that you know we're terrible at penalties. Um, you know they're synonyms. Uh, it's kind of like England. Um, and so um, my question to you, kind of to throw it back on you, is uh, you're Greg Vanny. You're on the touchline. You have your starting eleven there. You know you have our squad. Who's your five that you send out for penalties? Because when you look at the when you look at who he's chosen, it's hard to think of well who do we have left that you're going to send out there to take a penalty. Honestly, I don't choose Bradley. I don't choose Justin Morrow. Um, I don't choose uh, Mullins. Um, realistically, you're you're left with who? Yeah, Josie's going to take one, but he doesn't have the best experience in penalties. Pizuelo's going to take one. Um, I think that you have to kind of throw other players in there. If Benazay's playing, you'd throw Benazay to take a penalty. Pendo. Um, if Gallardo's on there, I, w- I honestly, I don't really think I'd pick Gallardo. Maybe Subasa. Um, and then a center back. I don't know. Put Mavinga in there. Maybe Mavinga will score a penalty. Drew Moore is, is the wily vet. Maybe Drew Moore <laughs> scores a penalty. Yeah. You know. Uh, Send Westbrook. I, I Westbrook's great with his feet. Westbrook, Why not throw Westbrook out there? That's what I mean. Like. I wonder if he's ever taken a penalty before, but like I don't know what Patrick Mullins 
record is on penalties, but I mean, with TFC, he's dog shit. So I don't think you really put him in there. Michael Bradley hasn't been good on penalties. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Azario is very good on penalties. Noodle, uh, noodle, noodle leg, if I remember you correctly calling oh, him. Fucking noodle leg, man. The guy can't get anything behind it. Um, Marky Delgado, I don't think is good on penalties. So really, it begs the question as to who do you put out there? Honestly, yeah, I think it would really rattle a goalkeeper if the first kicker was Vesberg. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, yeah. even as a goalkeeper, <laughs> if if I'm getting ready to save a penalty and the first person to walk up to take a penalty against me is the other goalkeeper, I might be a little bit rattled. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a great head game approach, and I think it would be a risky one, but I think it's uh, that would be. Uh, uh, a Louis Van Gaal risky, if you if you recall um, my my reference there to when uh, when he was coaching for uh, was it the ne- the Netherlands when he when he switched goalkeepers in the penalty shootout I think it was in 2014. Oh yeah, Tim Krul. Yeah, and uh, and it paid off dividends for him. So uh, I mean, hey, yeah. I mean that's what that's what it takes to win, right? It takes a mentality where you're willing to take risks and uh, you know try to try to make that change. But only time will tell. Uh, we'll, we'll, when you get back from the UK. Uh, we'll be able to discuss what happened because uh, October 19th, 6 p.m. If you guys are able, make it down there. Uh, let's get BMO Field on fire. Not literally, though. Please uh, don't pull a Peter and uh, White Hart Lane. Nobody wants that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, other than that, buddy, only time will tell. And I, I think that's the what we're going to leave it at there. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys have a chance, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast media. Uh, check out our website at www.xinetwork.ca. Uh, like us on Instagram, Facebook, any of those Twitter, you know, any of those social media platforms. Uh, and come over and say hi. You know, we always uh, love to chat. Uh, let us know what you think of the pod. Uh, you know, what you guys like, maybe what you guys want to change. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. So any feedback is good feedback. Uh, and on behalf of myself, Justin Borrow, this has been Peter Robinson. Uh, just wanted to throw it out there. We might have a couple uh, special guest podcasters or special guests in the next few weeks uh, to talk about uh, local football, to talk about EPL. Um, and yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty exciting. But um, honestly, everyone needs to get out to the match. If if you are a TFC season ticket holder, if you are a TFC fan, if you are just curious about what the atmosphere is like at TFC, please go to the playoff games. Um, the playoff games, you know, they're rocking. They're probably the best atmosphere in Toronto sports, bar none. Um, you thought the Raptors were good in the playoffs? Like, it's nothing. It's a, it's to a different beast. And a uh, really quick anecdote on that. Um, my favorite memory of Toronto FC of all time is Toronto FC, Montreal, second leg, conference finals, rainy night, uh, and Toronto FC goes on to win an extra time against uh, the Montreal Impact. And to, to describe that atmosphere, uh, I can't do it. But if you guys have a chance to go on YouTube, I think it was Vice Sports that did a, um, uh, they did a documentary on the um the montreal toronto derby and they they use that that game as a reference and watching it gives me tingles uh it's 
10 i'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes so when you guys have a chance to go to the show notes you can find the link there but uh give it a watch and uh, if that doesn't in- inspire you to go down to to watch the game against dc then there's something wrong with you <laughs> uh by the way i'm gonna tell you i got my playoff tickets uh for those of you guys who remember i was complaining that i opted out of my playoff tickets and somehow toronto fc managed to burn me and and get a home playoff match uh but um <laughs> by speaking to uh my rep and uh the my buddy who helps me get my season tickets armand shout out to you um i was able to secure my seats for the 19th so i will be down at bmo field uh sitting in my my regular seat so i'm very excited about that i will not be at bmo field but i'll be watching uh from the uk absolutely and i'm sure that you and i'll be talking plenty about it and i can't wait to uh to, to talk to you when you get back buddy yeah it's gonna be fun uh you know hold down the fort without me uh, i'll try my best Maybe we can get Chengiz Khan on while I'm away. I will try to find him. He's been missing for quite some time, but uh, I will. I will see if I. I will send out a, a. Uh, <laughs> I will send out a uh, search team to try to see if I can resurrect him for an episode. The whole Chengiz come back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we just say his name, you know, three times in the mirror in the dark at midnight. Maybe he'll disappear. So, uh, we'll we'll see. It's kind of like Bloody Mary. But uh, yeah, until next time. Thank you guys so much for listening.